This podcast is sponsored by Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance. Whether you live in the Seattle area or not, click the link below and find an opportunity to transform your body in 12 weeks or less where you get more structure, more access, more accountability, and a follow-along program that can give you the results to take you from point A to point B. Once again, click the link below to discover how you can do that. Let's do it. All right. So, big surprise. We got Slarzan, the adventures of Slarzan. What? We are how now did live. Slarzan even start? Like, Vic. Uh, was it Vic? No, no. Actually, it might have been. Yeah, that was no, Vic. I, 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 actually, you know what? That was a Steve Krebs. I think that was a Steve oh, Krebs. Oh, version. okay, okay. Basically. So, that's like yeah, Schmody. Man, you know what? I'd have, to, I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and actually test where the origins of that are because it might have been Vic. Vic has said a lot of crazy shit. So it's supposed but to be like Slovenian Slovenian Tarzan, Slarzan. Dude, that's uh, my, that's my favorite. I like Slarzan. Actually, you know yeah, what? I think dope. I think that is Vic because uh, uh That sounds like some shit that Vic would say. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, I think put it I think Krebs made it the Slarzanian sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, okay. A lot of AKAs. A lot of AKs that Mount, Vigor for, Mountain for goat. everybody. Yeah. Mountain goat. Mountain goat. Dude, I found out the hard way of Mountain exactly goat. how you got the the name Mountain Goat. Because this guy invited me on a hike. This was this like last year, maybe two he years ago. Oh man, that was the, and we sprinted up the whole fucking mountain. He was yeah. like, "Oh, just like keep pace with me. I'm dying yeah. like a quarter of the way up." We did that in San Diego too. Fuck. We went to uh, what was the it? Mountain goat. We went to uh, fuck out of here. Some lake. Some. Uh, right? Snow, was me uh, you, Snow, Snow Lake. Snow Lake. Snow lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I there, but man. I remember. I think it was uh, it was me, you, and Hugh. Yeah, it's a pretty deep hike, isn't it? Well, I it's, came down it's like three I, miles I each literally way. came down thirty five minutes before these guys. <laughs> yeah, and there was nowhere to eat. And Dude, we wait, and then I got down, so I was down second. We we probably waited another thirty minutes for Hugh, because Hugh was like, "Nah, man, I'm just gonna enjoy this hike because I'm done." <laughs> 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 he didn't even run, and we had to wait for him once we got up, because I kept up with him on the way on the way up, but on the way down, it was a different story. Like my my knees, my patellar tendon started fucking with me. This, this, is, this, is, this is when you were old. Yeah, this was when I was yeah. <laughs> you were an old man. Immobile, yeah. This is like when I was 20, old. Yeah. You're the old man in the 20s. Like, this is, oh. Yep. Guys, anybody got a knee brace? You do but, that with yeah. every hike? What? Because you did that in Cali, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, depends. But, but if he's I by like himself, the, then he enjoys it. Kind of, sort of. I have these weird, like, uh, if I got to get rid of energy, um, I'll like I'll just give myself a little bit of a challenge. Like a so I did a rattlesnake ridge with a forty pound backpack, and and I made my like it was a, the goal was not stop running, right? Because you know, but then you know when it becomes the run, that's kind of like not the, it's in not play. running, but it kind of is running, like the running man in place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I end up doing that one in like I think uh, twenty five minutes, Damn. which is which is that's solid, yeah. dude. Um, that's really fast. Yeah, yeah. I was smoked. <laughs> But you know, it's just like cool, cool stuff to do challenges. What's what's a great thing about you know, just hiking in general? Uh, you know, Pavel back in the day was was like, man, if if you know, if you lift weights for your essentially aerobic power, like just your aerobic conditioning, right. just do hikes. You know, yeah, you should yeah. like everybody should be able to do like a two hour hike. I think that's a good. Uh, and a lot of people can't, you know. But I think unless that's, you live in like a f- super flat place of America, exactly. Like, you know, um, but I, but I think that's the. I, I think hiking's dope for you know combining the whole thing, being in nature, being in flow, and then being getting your cardio in. But you're not really, you know, you're not really going like, oh my god, I got 
45 more minutes of cardio. Yeah, you're, you're exactly. Nature, you know, so present. So I, I love uh, I love hiking for cardio. Summer's so, coming around too, so it's perfect over here. <laughs> There's some good spots in Utah too. My brother went oh, out on a yeah. trip in Utah to like yeah. where the Red Rock stuff that shit is. That is dangerous though. He camped out there for like a full yeah. week, so it was totally different. Oh, uh, what's, yeah, the, people, what's people the, get caught in survival situations uh, all the time? Is that the <laughs> Zion Park? Like, so I know that there's Zion, yeah, Zion Park, National which is dope. Park. That's yeah. that's one place I really want to go. And that's in still. Utah. That's in Utah. I think yeah. that might have been where he went because yeah, it was yeah. a really well known spot. That's also where. Uh, is that where the movie with James Franco? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like where he had to cut cut off his hand. That shit is. What was it like? Twenty seven hours or some shit like that. What was the what was the movie called? Something, something like that. that. It was a really good movie. Yeah, I think it was more than twenty seven hours though. But I could be wrong. Yeah, it's probably like like fifty two yeah. or some shit. It was a lot yeah. of hours to be on. And then I mean, it's enough to <laughs> well, cut off your own arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, listen, I'm telling you right now. After twenty seven, I'm not cutting yeah. my arm off. Like more like twenty seven days. One hundred twenty seven. Okay, it was one twenty seven. That'd be cool. Also, also on this hike, it was the hottest day of like the year. It was like ninety degrees. And then that's the reason we chose Snow Lake or whatever. Yeah, and yeah Snow Lake. Yeah, that's what So I mean. then we get to the top and we're like, all right, like, perfect. There's a fucking lake at the top. It's going to be like this little oasis. So we, like, take our shoes off and shit. We're about ready to get in. It's like the sharpest fight. It's like walking on glass, dude, like trying to get into the water. Like, it, it just it fucking hurt. Yeah. It, it just, like, super jagged rocks. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they're sharp. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you weren't relaxing. I mean, you, no. you weren't like, ah. Like, uh-huh. Like, well, oh, I'm, getting, yeah. I'm getting stabbed. The, the worst <laughs> reward for yeah, hiking. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. But it was, a, it was a great a hike, hike. Yeah, you gotta go back and do that one bring with Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, I, I ordered him a weight money. vest. And then, like, when we did rattlesnake with Tyson, that shit is just like, <laughs> yeah, it was hectic. Packed. Is he winning yeah. or no? Oh, he's winning. Yeah, he's yeah. winning. Guaranteed, easy. Oh. Yeah. And you know what? That sounds like a good thing. Challenge. I want to challenge Tyson. Chase that one. I mean, if I win that one, then I don't know. You might have to carry Tyson next. All right. Let's so, go back to the beginning. That's the whole yeah. purpose of this. Let's, we're going to do the story of uh, whatever you want to call him. Slarzan, the, the Slovenian Sledgehammer, the Mountain Goat, Luca, <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever you want to say. That too. But let's go all the way back from the beginning um, and actually take the time throughout um, the podcast to do it instead of trying to rush through it. So st- when, did, when did fitness actually start for you? It had to have been a kid in the mountains of Slovenia or something crazy like – uh, I mean, as far as I can remember, man, like growing up, you know, I was super active. I, I think even even now, you know, the differences of if if you go to, you know, if you go to Slovenia right now uh, over the weekend, you know, and you go to places like Tivoli and Šmadrnogora, which are kind of like these, these hills and, and kind of mini mountains, like you'll see people walking and hiking. Um, and I'm saying like people in their 60s, 70s, you know, it's just a lot like the, I would say the physical education and culture is, is, is a, a more developed. But you know, to 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 be honest, look, it's it's getting worse everywhere. You know, it's not yeah. just not just the states or anything like that. But it, uh, you know, as far as I can remember, because I was when I was born, it was it was Yugoslavia, right? It was socialism. So um, you know, you're not really like TV. You know, I, I can't remember when the first time that we had more than like three channels or whatever. Like so, you were like outside all the time. So I I think part of it was I always enjoyed sports. You know, I had two brothers, so like very competitive. Um, you know. We, I played pretty much like six or seven sports for the high school uh, and school when I was cr- growing up, which I think is key, you know, for like development and in, in, in what's missing yeah, now definitely. in a lot of schools. Um, but I started, you know, we we moved to London when I was seven. We came back like around when I was 11. Um, and then when I came back, so I started playing basketball when I was nine. We went to these these summer camps. 
and that's kind of when I started. Uh, and I wasn't great. That's that's one thing. I wasn't like just fucking like you know hooping. Natural. Not at all. Actually, I was getting smashed. And I was short and everything. So I, I was pissed off. You know, that's how I. That's how like, people are like, "Oh man, did you just fall in love with basketball?" Like, no, I just hated like not getting picked. You know, I hated like getting destroyed. Like, it, so I was just angry. So I practiced it, right? Which we kind of goes back to the whole uh, you know passion hypotheses from the book so good they can't ignore you and there's a, there's a big point there right because people seek out these uh you know i'm trying to find my passion you know right. and it's like man like you know pa- i would say purpose is is forged more so than found you know and and you got to get good at stuff to really fall in love with it you know and so i think that's the biggest lesson really uh for any generation is is like you're not just going to show up you know just love something because you're gonna have to work really hard to get good at it right yeah. you got to do deliberate practice um but that's how ball started for me and, and, and kind of, you know, I, I think that I've always been, I've always been somewhat of a, a I think back in the day, I'd probably been considered like ADHD, you know, it's kind of like a nutcase, um, you know, definitely the most problematic child of the family. I can see that. In, yeah, in, yeah, in centuries, that. not just like enough, you know, I think probably in centuries. Um, <laughs> in the history and, of wholesome Mars. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and that tree goes back, way back. Um, but so... I, I really threw myself into basketball, and I did all these other sports. I mean, I was, like, really, really active. Um, but around when I was around four, you know, and we would do, like, body weight conditioning. And, you know, it's it pretty, like, because I started practicing with Olympia, which is the number one team in the country, like, when I was, like, 12 years old. And, um, you know, like, we were doing legit stuff, right? I mean, it's, like, in the off-season, like, you're everybody's out of school. Like, we're doing two-and-a-half-hour practices every day in the summer, like, you, you know. And um, so there's a lot of sacrifice there too. But by the time I was like 14 or 15, I think it was like 14 or 15, might have been 14. Um, my mom opened up a gym, and it was so she was working for the bank. And I don't know what gave her the idea of oh, to open up a gym, um, but it was with her friend. So what she'd do is she'd come home from the bank, and like they would split shifts. And it was I, I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was probably like 1,500 square feet, maybe 2,000, and it was in the top floor of uh, this place called. Partisan, which was like partisan, you know, it was like a a physical culture place, right? Like, and actually, too, uh, you know, if you guys are, I don't know how into gymnastics you are and whatnot, but like, uh, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but it was Alyash Pagan, like he was like a world, you know, one of the top guys in the world on on the, the horse, right? When the gymnastics, and like he'd be at the Olympics and world, winning world championships and stuff. So they were like in this little small room at the bottom, and this was on the top floor, and it was about fifteen hundred square feet. And, uh, you know, they invested in it and, and she would run, I think, you know, uh, from like five, like, so she'd come off for work, pretty much go there, you know, work from, I don't know, four or 5 PM till close. And so I started like going there and, um, you know, this is, and, and the thing is, and there was, there was a couple guys that kind of took me under the wing, would show me a little bit of stuff. And it was, it was a bunch of machines, but we had like legit squat racks and dumbbells and everything. And I started lifting weights and, you know, what happened is that like, I started realizing that, you know, because I was kind of like a skinny kid. And, um, you know, when I was, was lifting, I, I started seeing that I could jump higher. And I wasn't, like, you know, doing anything kind of, like, super smart. This was the days of, you know, when you, you picked the bodybuilding magazines. But you right. just kind of do, right. you know, do the best that you could with what you knew. Uh, but I did have some guys that were, like, legit strength and conditioning guys. And they also worked with the, the dudes from downstairs who did mostly body weight, by the way. Obviously, it's gymnastic yeah. stuff, right? But so I was doing certain things that were smart back then, right? I mean, I was squatting, I was lunging, I was benching, I was, you know, doing a ton of body weight stuff in practice. And you were like 15 at this point still? 
14 or 15 years old. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, so I saw results, right? I mean, I, I was like, man, like I'm putting on muscle, like, you know, in practice, man, I'd bump people and then they'd be like, dude, what's, what's going on with you? Right. Like, they'll be, they'll be, <laughs> and so for me, it was just like, man, like this is my competitive advantage, right? Like I'm strong only, I don't know like how tall bull. I was back. Then. Yeah. Strong <laughs> like bull. Uh, but, uh, um, but it was, uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of see the results of, of, of your work and, I don't know how tall I was back then, but like, you know, I'm, I'm not tall for basketball, period, you know? But, and uh, so that was like, man, shit, if I, you know, if I train hard and I had this huge, you know, uh, I would say a little bit of a Napoleon syndrome because, man, I couldn't, you know, I could, we had guys on a team that are like 15 years old, like six, six and dunking, like doing all this other yeah. stuff, right? Like, and I'm just like, you know, tapping backboard, like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, you know? And like, you, you know, you, you dream to be able to dunk in and be able to do stuff and to not get like, you know, dominated by like, you know, dudes that can just, you know, they're so much taller than you or stronger or right. bigger or whatever. So so that was a huge drive, obviously, uh, for me in the gym. And that became kind of like a, a little bit of a of an obsession, you know. So when I left... Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but, you know, but at this point in time, like, I have no, like, in my mind, I have no kind of thought process of, like, this is what I want to do. Right. I remember back then, there literally is no personal training industry right. in Slovenia. Right. Actually, when we started the gym there, I'll kind of get to that. There, there really was no personal training industry, right? So, but that that was kind of my beginnings of when I started, uh, you know, getting into it, and I w it was so driven. So, m I would say that my uh, involvement in strength and conditioning was, in it was so, uh, I would dive so deep into it because I wanted to know, you know, how do I become the fastest, the strongest, the most con conditioned? Like, I mean, I wanted to be on cyborg levels, right? Like, and so, um, you know, when I was what was it like probably 17 i remember i started going to track and field practice back then with uh sergeant georgievich who's uh he, I, I you know i bet you guys you can't pronounce that shit right no, now no there's no twenty dollars <laughs> uh but he he was basically you know he trained marilyn adi and and uh, brigitte bukovic who was the silver medalist in the 92 barcelona olympics 110 meter hurdles and uh my my basketball coach knew him so i was like man like you know I want to go practice and stuff. So he kind of made, you know, he was like, "Hey, if he shows up," so I'd be showing up like in like in uh, sometimes with him, sometimes with a, another coach there. But I'd show up in the mornings and just do track and field practice. And sometimes I'd be training with Brigitte Bukovic. I mean, she was like, you know, one of the best on, on the planet. She'd be showing me like foot fire drills and sleds and I mean shit like that. And because I, I you know, I don't think anybody really thought that I'd be diligent enough. And but. It, to I'd, actually stay consistent to, to with stay it. consistent but i'd you know i'd come if it especially was especially like, at that age yeah. at that age and I, I mean like i'd come fucking before school and go to school and then like practice you know train yeah. after school and practice uh i mean really it was you know it i, I was like very very hardcore literally uh, obsession like it, at that young of an age it has oh absolutely i mean and but it, a lot of it was connected to this feeling of you know uh i don't know like you know when you're just a kid it's just like you want to be the best at something yeah. like you want to be recognized right and you find a way to change it absolutely and if you're in a world of like you know and, and like i wasn't i mean i grew up in the generation of you know 81 uh you know the basketball generation of 81 was like you know sonny vichirich ben older who, who plays for the pistons uh you know back well russian sterich was but like a lot of guys that played in the nba now you know uh, i mean goran, goran dragic is younger but i still you know grew up playing with him like i mean it, it was an incredible basketball generation, right? So it, it's like you could be really good and you're not even starting. You're not, you know, you might right. not even get minutes. I mean, I remember I had to, 
like fight. I remember the first Final Four that we made it to with Olympia. I was so happy I was on the team, like just to be on the team because the team was like, you know, there was on the 20 some guys in practice and only 12 would make it on the roster for the Final Four. You know, I was on the roster. I was like, yeah, this is so dope, right? And, but, you know, and, and I think a lot of it had to do too with the coaches. You know, I, I, like when I, was, when I was with Olympia, there was a coach that at that point in time, I probably would tell you I didn't like him, um, you know, but man, like we, we tra- I mean, we trained fucking like insane. And I mean, the discipline was crazy. It's like, not nah, you can't be late for practice. Like you can't do dumb shit. Um, I mean, we were doing, we were just doing crazy stuff. Like every, you know, in the summer, like, even two a days, you know, six, seven days a week. I mean, Sundays we'd be practicing. Like, all the other kids are playing, doing this, that, and the other. Like, go on vacation. Man, I can't. I got this. I got that. I got, you know. And if I don't come, man, I might not be playing because I'm not, you know. And, and there wasn't, like, a lot of star treatment there anyways. Right. But uh, I'm like, man, if I don't show up, like, I was too scared to not show up because yeah. I'm like, then I'm not getting minutes. I'm not getting my opportunity and stuff, you know. So so all of that kind of was, was the driver behind, I think, me trying to, uh, you know, find any way to get an advantage, you know, um, and so that I switched to that team, Yancha, and and so uh, from there, you know, I I went to I'm gonna c- like cut the story a little bit, but you know, um, I was I was also involved in a lot of dumb stuff from the time when I was 15 to the time when I was like 18, and and beyond. But uh, you know, I, I ended up going to the states on on uh, to play basketball. Right, so one year, uh, our team from Slovenia went to Eastern Invitation Basketball uh, Clinic um, in Trenton, New Jersey, and and it was one of these things like, hey, we're just going there to you know have you guys experience the states and like the top high school guys and whatnot. And we we went there and it was just like for me it was just like this whole other. I was like, wow, what the fuck, you know, this is amazing, this is awesome. And uh, that and, was your I, first time like going. to That the was my United first States? time in the U.S. Yeah, uh, so that was. 17 i think it was like 17 years old and um this guy you know so i played really well like i made one of the all-star teams like was killing and stuff and one of the guys that was a coach like this dude wayne jones was like man have you ever thought about you know going to college in the states and and i was like not really because i was already playing kind of pro right and i was playing for our team pro which was like uh division two three ish um you know because because in 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 europe you have like you you play for the under 20, under 18, under whatever of the pro team. Like, it's the high, like a farm, right. like a farm system. Yeah, farm system. It's not right. like kind of like in soccer, right? right. Barcelona and all right. this, the same yeah. thing, basketball. Like it's not, a, it, your high school isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Like if you kill it for your high school, nobody really gets, I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's like, that's not really where it's at, right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, with that said, uh, I was like, man, I, oh, I never thought about it. My, my, my mindset was always like, I'm going to play pro ball. Like, I'm going to play an NBA. That was, like, that's all, you know what I mean? That's the only thing I knew. I also did a lot of dumb stuff on the side, you know, organized crime and shit. And I think that was very, you know, I, w- I would say I was very influenced by the, eh, I, I don't want to, you know, having things of that that the other people yeah. have and I, yeah. and I didn't have. Yeah. But, um, and then you kind of fall into that world and that's probably another uh, a podcast for another day for sure. Um, but it, it was, you know, like, as we speak about, like, for me, like, basketball, uh, and like sports really did save me. Like I, I mean, I was, you know, there's a lot of crazy, kind of crazy stories as far as uh, you know s- scenarios and situations I put myself in that were were you know very very dumb. But like I, I had to kind of make a choice, you know. And I would have not like man, I, I I definitely wouldn't be here if if it wasn't for ball. I can tell you that. And um, you know, so 
I started, so I, when we left and went back, like that whole year, you know, I was playing, I was, I was doing work for my brother, and I kept thinking about, and, and Wayne kept in touch with me, I kept thinking about this whole U.S. scenario, because I was like, man, I kind of, like, kind of want to finish school, but man, I, I want to play ball, and I, <laughs> I got to get away from some of the stuff that yeah. I'm doing, and um, so he goes like, hey, look, man, come, come out to, to Denver, and we're going to train in Red Rocks, we'll go to Eastern Invitational for like two, three weeks, you know, and... And, like, I think, you know, you could get a school. I have no fucking idea how the college system works whatsoever. You know what I mean? Um, and so I went out there next year, practiced, went to uh, Eastern Invitational. And, I mean, you know, I was super prepared, like, killed it. Didn't, you know, so this is July. And, you know, schools run out of uh, scholarships by, like, May. Like, May, June. I mean, mm -hmm. they're done. They're signing everybody, right? And I got a bunch of, uh, like, in, like really, really serious interest from like Quinnipiac, Delaware State, uh, Western Michigan, um, I think San Francisco. I mean, there's some really good D1 schools, but I, and I was like, awesome, yeah, I'm in, right? And they're like, well, you're gonna have to walk on the first year, you know, like we were out of scholarships, and like every one of those schools is like 40k, Jeez, 30k, yeah. you know, like yeah. So I was just like, mm. you know, like <laughs> I'm not even fucking asking my dad because he'll probably slap me or whatever, you know. So, so you know, so that wasn't happening, and. One, so one of the coaches was like, hey, look, man. He was like, I used to play uh, and coach in his upstate, in, in his uh, junior college in upstate New York. He's like, you, you can't get a full, you know, you can't get a full ride. But, man, but it's like you'll play, you know, because obviously they don't, they don't even have the budget for full rides and stuff. Um, and at first, I, I actually thought it was New York, like New York City. Uh, but it was really Binghamton. Um, <laughs> but this is another story, right? Like, uh, uh, and um, it just so, sounds bad. Oh man, it was voted that the year the years that I was there it was voted the third most depressing city in America. <laughs> and uh, so the guy that created fucking the, uh, the Twilight Zones from it, which obviously kind of starts oh, making shit. sense, because yeah. that dude was like, man, fuck this, I'm just gonna create some weird shit and uh, feel better about myself. Well, I'm crazy. from Binghamton, so yeah. <laughs> but so I, I went home and it was like, I came home August third, and I was like. I made a decision like fuck it let's like i'm just doing this and uh started filling out the paperwork you know visa going to the to the embassy and all that stuff and i flew out on man i flew out actually september 11th 2001 i don't know if you guys remember me telling you this but like i was you know my flight was supposed to land 20 minutes after the towers got hit that's crazy um, and so then we flew in the air until we kind of run out of ran out of gas because they're like oh let's go back to germany and we didn't have enough you know, fuel, so we just kind of flew around because airspace was closed. Landed in Nova Scotia, and then I spent a a week in a military camp in in Nova Scotia before Holy taking a, a bus to New York. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, that's wild. I didn't know. It, that. It, yeah, it was crazy. It was wild, man. It, I mean, there's so many sub stories to all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I met I met the guy that owns Diesel Jeans because oh, there yeah, was no yeah, more. Yeah, there was no that. more. Like there was no more seats on a flight, and I was like, man, like there's no way I can't get on this flight. So then they put me in first class. And it was like fashion week in New York that week. So I was like, Boris Becker was on the fly. I don't know if you guys know Boris. He was like a big tennis, like superstar oh, yeah, from yeah, Germany. Yeah, right? yeah. He was like two seats away from me. I mean, it was just like kind of like gnarly shit. That's crazy. Um, but I, that was my, my first kind of experience. So I played up there two years, um, you know, did did uh, did really good. Then I got a pretty much, uh, I think it was a full ride, almost full ride to like uh, Virginia, Indiana, Southern Virginia. Played there. Now the whole time I'm like, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing a minor in exercise science, but I'm doing like business management there, and uh, and from there I went and played pro, right? And the whole time, so th there's an underlying 
kind of theme where like the whole time like i'm super super involved in strength and conditioning like i am studying books i'm reading shit like non-stop every day now is it still just off the purpose of getting to the nba or is it correct off? yeah still okay, at so that point in time even, like no, you weren't like thinking about opening a gym or training other people no or, not at all but but it's like but i'm always like you know help people, people would gravitate yeah. because you know on the team like See I'm, what you're you know, doing. squatting you the had, most, I'm yeah, deadlifting yeah, yeah. the most, I'm doing all this shit. Like, I mean, I was doing, you know, mobility, like, fucking in, like, 2000. And, you know, I, I mean, but, like, people would literally go, like, what the fuck are you? You know, like, yeah. you're, out, like, this is weird, right? And because I was just studying all this stuff all the time. Um, and, you know, so so there was, like, this gravitational pull. Like, all my team was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why can you jump like this? You know, my, my hip, my hips are tight. What can I do? Like, and it was always, and I was obviously always studying this stuff. So I was answering questions, coaching and writing programs. Right. And even in, um, you know, when I was playing pro, uh, when I was in Slovenia, it's like, it started being to where, you know, the, the guys on the team were like, man, could you write me programs? Like when I was, you know, in Quran, it was like, even like, man, who, who does your strength and conditioning? I'm like, I do my own stuff. Right. And they're like, dude, can you just write it for all of us? You know, and, and I would start doing that. Uh, and at that point in time, too, you know, I was I was heavily involved with kettlebells. Uh, you know, I did one of the first, I think it might have been the first, actually, RKC certification in in, uh, in Europe, which was in Denmark. You know, back then, it was still Pavel. Like, Pavel, Pavel was a huge mentor and influence, you know. And, uh, I mean, back then, it was still, like, Steve Cotter and Steve Maxwell and Kenneth J were all part. I mean, it was, like, the, the golden age of RKC. Um, and we were, like, I, I don't want to say we were kettlebell guys, but, like, the first gym in Slovenia was very heavily kettlebell influenced. I mean, with barbells, you know, kettlebells, kettlebells body weight, all that stuff. But right. it was very, you know, because I got such in, insane results when I started doing KBs, and I was insanely into it. Like, I could do really, really gnarly shit, uh, I would have been the sixth person to to complete the beast challenge and miss the pull up, which haunts me to this day. Uh, and but you know it, that was like I got so much results out of it, doing like power to the people, enter the kettlebell, like all that stuff, you know. So that that was that was a also a, a big kind of triggering moment. So I'm you know I'm I'm playing pro, but now I'm starting to train people, you know. Uh, and and honestly, I'm training because my brother handed off some some of his friends that he was training kettlebells with. Um, a friend like Grega was one one guy that that is actually one of the top guys in gear sport in the world right now, who kind of uh, I would say influenced us and, and inspired us uh, with kettlebells. Cause cause uh, my, I remember my brother going like, "Hey man, you want to come for this workout with me?" Uh, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure. What is it?" It's like I don't know, man. It's just these fucking metal balls. Like you just you know you <laughs> swing them around and shit. It's really really hard. And I was like, "Man, oh, whatever, man." You know, and, and we went and like Grega put us through this 40 minute workout. Like, dude, I've never you know I was never as sore in my life, you know, and there's certain things I couldn't do that pissed me off. Once yeah. again, you see this underlying, like if it pissed me off, I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to conquer this. Right. And so that's how that all, all started. I mean, like, this is like back in the day and I, I you know, I don't want to get the dates wrong, but I mean, this is like, dude, this is like 16 years ago. I seven, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago. It's a long time ago. So we were doing kettlebells before people like even in the States, a lot of them didn't yeah. even know what a kettlebell was, you know? Um, so that influenced that. And so there started being like, I, I started training a lot of people just on the side. I went to this gym called Sokol. I, I, I wrote a couple articles that became insanely popular. And then people were, uh, and, and actually one was on back pain. It was like, you know, 52 things, 50 things that, you know, are causing back pain that you don't know, right? And nobody ever wrote, or, and, and, you know, I was like really influenced by Elite FTS, T Nation, yeah. you know, uh, 
and 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 uh, things in that nature. So I was like, I mean, I was reading three, four hours of stuff a day sometimes, uh, you know, watching videos, you name it. And so that article like blew up, and through, and then people were coming in. It's like, oh, you guy that 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 wrote an article, like I want to train with you, I want to train with you. So here I am, like doing two a days on you know practicing ball, helping my brother run his translating agency because he'd like go to Brazil for a month at a time, a lot of times. Um, and I was like, fuck it, you know, like I need money anyways. Um, and and in between, I'd be training people, you know. And it was like at first it was like nothing, or then I remember we started charging like the equivalent of like five bucks a session and stuff like that, you know, like for friends. And then we we had this group in in this place called Tivoli, which is a big park that has like trails and like monkey bars and stuff. Like you'd run and you know you can do all this cool stuff. So we'd roll up with the car, take out the kettlebells, like kegs, rope, sandbags. You like, got a YouTube video on that, actually. Yeah, there's yeah yeah, yeah there's a YouTube video <laughs> on it. Um, and uh, man, I, there, I gotta filter out some old videos. We actually shot a whole like that's, couple of hours. That's on the it. first video I've ever watched when you first came into Highline to speak to Tim Vegan's business class. And oh, was, was that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. And you were like, I was, check out my YouTube channel. That's the first video I ever watched. And that was so me actually in that, that was in Slovenia, right? <laughs> yeah, that was in Slovenia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what's funny is I remember the first video I watched you and it was at Vision Quest in Auburn, which isn't a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. And you were doing up. some like unilateral stuff with sandbag stuff. But oh, it was okay. it was one of the, it was like a strongman circuit. But the funny thing I remember is like it just didn't end. Like I was like, oh, it just kept going. This doesn't even make sense because like it's just another thing, another thing. And then there was like three dudes like trailing behind you, just like trying to catch Exhausted. up. Exhausted. <laughs> it was man, it was funny because like I look back crazy. at YouTube, uh, and you know, I, I I thought it was a decent marker. You know, I mean, there's people obviously that, that, that crushed that, but like got a million views now, right? And yeah, but but back in the day, you know, it, it was like because I I wasn't like crazy confident about speaking or anything like that. I'd just be like, oh. I know my workouts are tough as fuck, so I'm just gonna like film what I do, <laughs> right, you right. know. And people are like, dude, what are you doing, right? And that, that actually opened the door for for uh, for some writing and, and other stuff with back then, like the Diesel Crew and Smitty and a lot of other things. But um, to kind of to kind of go back to that, you know, it it really it was, uh, um, you know, when we started training people outside, like there's so many people walking there, right? Like I mean. Like I said, it's really active place. You know, kids come, families come. People are just walking. They start seeing you guys doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's like it just was like you know, people weren't used to. They were like, "What the f is this?" You know, yeah. like people are swinging, bear crawling up the hill. Like you know, I'm I'm coaching them like going bananas and shit. And I mean, there legitimately was people like, "Man, can I?" And we would be like, "Yeah, come try it out next week. Come try it out this day." You know, and that grew like crew grew like it, there was just more and more people, and then we started having multiple groups. Um, and I, I just had this, and the thing is, it was fun to me. It was like really, really fun. Like, man, the, the people were getting insane results. Uh, and, and you could see the changes in their confidence, you know, the way they talk, like the guys that were doing any sports were like, shit, like all of a sudden I can jump higher. I can play soccer longer. Right. I mean, it was all this feedback. And like I said, I was not like really making any like money off of it. And then we started charging a little bit of stuff. And then it came a point in time where, you know, when, uh, and this is all coinciding also with me playing ball and, you know, there, there, there's a lot of things going on. But, you know, one day I went to my brother and said, listen, man, like, I just have this gut feeling like we have to do something. Like, we got to open a gym. Like, this, I, just, I just know it. I just feel it in my gut. Like, this is not just happening just because, you know, nobody else is doing it. And, and he was kind of, you know, skeptical. Like, oh, no, this, that, the other. Um, and at this point in time, so I actually, you know, I – I had some money saved. I hired this one guy to have a consultation with him. So the dude was like this, uh, 
you know, the specialist in Slovenia for, for fitness consulting and business and stuff like that. I'm like, man, look, I was like, I have this idea, you know, like this is what we're doing, you know, like this, uh, no, let's just call it a functional training center, right? right? Whatever the fuck that means these days. But, um, and like, this is my idea. Like this is the environment it would be, would be like we do barbells, kettlebells, this, that, the other. And he was like, oh man, like, I love your passion. Your passion, like, you, you, this is great. You know, it's just like, you know, it just won't work. Like this, it's not there. Just the industry is health clubs. And it really was like, right. I mean, that's what it was. Right. The industry was completely health clubs. You couldn't look, you couldn't find at that point in time, a personal trainer to go like, I want to be like him, right? Like he's super successful. He's on magazines. Yeah. You couldn't do it. It yeah. just didn't exist back then. And you were at, you know, you could be a strength and conditioning coach and be doing okay. Everybody, pretty much everybody else uh, at that point in time, at least that I would know of, you know, or even like in the media was like, you do it as a side thing, right? Like it wasn't like personal training. It's, right. like, it's, it's just something it's you should really do. go into yeah, it. Oh, yeah. It's a hobby. Kind of like arts yeah. and crafts and shit. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> so it's hard to, now I was, I, you know, I was definitely like very, uh, uh, you know, I remember I was in Pat Risby's trainers inner circle back then. I mean, I was like, I think it was 11 years ago when I went to, it was probably over 11 years ago when I went to, flew in, to England to go to Eric Cressy's seminar. That's why I first met Eric. Uh, you know, we've known each other for like, man, like we were just texting the other day, like, man, it's been 11 something years. You know, I came to the seminar, like bought all this stuff, like, you know, took him to lunch and, uh, cause I was following all the, all those guys back then. Right. And, um, and so, so it's been a minute and that guy just kind of like shot me down. I mean, and it was, it was, it was pretty cold. And I, I remember like literally going like, Ah, fuck that! I'm gonna do this. You know, I, mean, I literally told him, "I was like, no, I'm gonna do this." And he's just like, um, "Okay." Uh, and I was just like, "All right, I'm out." You know what I mean? I just fucking like blew, burned that money for that guy to tell me that we couldn't do it, and um, and so I kept convincing, you know, and, and but then what again? It but just, it pissed you off. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, right? maybe common so denominator. Been a, been a but the big yeah. thing was actually convincing my brother and 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 my best friend Giga. You know, um. My brother did RKC, you know, and then Giga ended up getting RKC because he was like running those uh, those those sessions with me. Like we're running a lot of stuff together, and you know what they were saying is because back then, uh, you know, I I kind of knew I was gonna leave, right? Because I was engaged, uh, well, and married back in that in that December, but I was engaged at that point in time, and we had kind of had to make this decision. Like, man, it's gonna be tough for Aaron to come over. It's like a much less of a culture change for me to go to the states. And and at that point in time, I was also like very up in the air, and you know, kind of like, okay, where does my basketball career go? Um, you know, I I, I didn't want to be, you know, I mean, I wouldn't replace it for anything, but I, I was just like, man, like this is, it's tiring. Like you know, at the end of the season, yeah. like searching for the next contract, or if yeah. you get injured, like what happens then? And like you know, back then, like, hey, Aaron, you want to go to Portugal with me? Okay, I'm gonna quit my job, go to Portugal, and then after one year, what? You know, it's like yeah, you yeah. just hop it, you know. And and it wasn't even that I, w- I didn't just want it for her. It was just like a, I didn't want it for myself. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I don't want to be you know good or very good at anything. Like I just want to be the best in the world or something, you know. And and put all of my and and at that point in time, like I really was kind of going like, man, like I really love this fitness thing. Like I'm not making shit. But how hard but, was that like decision though? Because like was, I had to make it, dude, the same I, decision. It was like man, the hardest I, decision I've honestly, ever made in my life. It was. Uh, I remember when I was playing both in Ukraine and Kurkan, like, and there was moments where where I was just like, I mean, you know, that's real. Like the going from being an athlete to what do I do next yeah. is, can be one of the most devastating things, you know, f- 
mentally, right? Like, who am I, right? Mm-hmm. Who am, who I, am I? I was say it's an identity yeah. thing. Oh, it's a huge yeah. identity crisis, man. Like, and, and for me, it was just like this pursuit, you know, this pursuit of this, you know, dream, right? And I, and I made it like, I played an NBA Summer Pro League. I, man, I'm, I'm going to fuck up the dates right now, for real. Like, but, but I played an NBA Summer Pro League, I think it was the last year, the, the second to last year in uh, uh, Southern Cali, because that league doesn't exist anymore now. But, and basically, I went out there, and it was like 500 people, and you know, there's 20, there's, there's two teams that are free agent teams, so you can make it on the on the roster for 24. And um, I remember going out there and like, uh, and like my first game, like, I, 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 you only get half, like basically, you play a quarter, you rest a quarter, you play a quarter, so everybody gets the same opportunity. Yeah. And so you got like two games. You got two games to like prove that you can make it to the 24. And like I, the first game, I fucking kill it. Uh, the second game, like I do really well. And like I remember, short, like Sean Rooks from the Sacramento Kings comes mm-hmm. up to me and he's like, he's like, dude, you have an NBA body, like you can play it. And I was just like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is fucking it, you know. And and I go into uh, and I and then and then I was there, like man, I I got picked into the 24. I was on like Team Slam and uh, like the Slam magazine and and played in every summer pro league for three weeks which was an incredible experience. And, um, you know, I was kind of like, oh, shit. It kind of reinvigorated me, you know, and then I yeah. signed with, a, like, a big-time agent. Uh, I think it's William Scorange. He's had a lot of NFL guys, NBA guys. Um, but same thing, I was like, look, like, here's some non-negotiables for me. Like, I won't play for under this. Like, uh, you know, there's certain stuff I was just like, man, I, I just won't. You know, and I, I've been, like, fucking practicing, like, just for, I don't know, at that point in time, like, 15 years, like a maniac. Um and then you know nothing happened that I wouldn't wanted to happen, and that's and that's why I really was kind of like fuck, like I don't know, because even when I came up here to the states, I was still, I like part of me was still like, man, if that right offer came, you know, right, I, right, I, I would have right. gone. It's hard, it's hard to let go of that, man. Like when you spend majority of your life like putting everything that you have into it, and then it's like the consideration of like this is it, you know. So I really don't know what happened if I wasn't so. Uh, fired up and passionate about fitness like fit, you know what i mean like it was the fact that i was like so into strength and conditioning made me start going like man like you know what because so many people were like dude like this is like you're the best coach i've ever had like that there's strength and conditioning coaches in this country that you know you know supposed to be the best and it's like man like you you i'm getting 10 times more out of you and like so it started making me feel like man like you know th- there's something here you know there's something here and and i and i naturally always like when we did like strength and conditioning workouts for you know, every team I ever played for, like, I was the guy that was just like, let's fucking go. You know, <laughs> like, everybody was like, what the? Yeah. Every, you know, everybody got fired up and got better and stuff. And so I think that was really helpful to me because I did have, like, this identity crisis in and out for, like, the last two years of playing pro. And it was uh, it was really tough. Like, it's it's not, you know, pro sports is not what people make it out to be. Like, not, not everybody's LeBron James. And you're just, you know, because people meet you and like, oh, shit, like, you're, like where's where's your three Ferraris and yeah. I'm like man I don't know what you fucking talking about I'm taking <laughs> yeah, a, I'm, I'm taking a, I'm taking a bus to my second practice right. motherfucker you know right. what I mean? like what are you talking and, and you know out of college I actually signed a decent contract like um to play for him at Ukraine but like same thing man like you know I was there for I don't even know how long I know like Rodney Buford from the Sixers replaced me uh you know I don't know how many months in and in Russia the rules are very like gray like the contracts <laughs> don't really mean much they're like are right, you out of here. And you know you go like fuck the contract like listen man, just don't complain like you don't you don't want anything bad to happen here you know what I mean like um, I mean crazy stories and shit it's just like you know amazing experiences I wouldn't take any of them back but it, it it is like it's not you know at the end of my 
like I was I was broke, man, like at the end of my, my basketball career, essentially, right? I mean, uh, I remember the last year I played, like I didn't get paid. You know, it's like we were. That's crazy. Uh, I, do, I was like driving to, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to Kran, pra- practice every day. And it was like, oh, you know, the team didn't, didn't. It, it's funny because the team will like kind of go, hey, we're going to pay you this much. And then they don't get, they don't get financing from some companies. And then they're just like, can't pay you, right? They don't got it. And then the thing is, you're like, fuck it, I won't play. They're like, well, then you really won't get paid. So then you play in the hopes of getting paid. Right, yeah. And then a lot of times at the end of the year, like, you're signing, like, paperwork saying, like, okay, I'll forfeit three to four salary, three to four months of salary just so they can pay. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy shit, man. Like, you can't believe it. And, uh, and, a, and a lot of this happens, you know, I mean, this was, specifically this was in Slovenia, which is which which the, the league is in just in, 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 in a shitty state, but other countries too like you might go and sign like a deal for this that doesn't mean that's what you're gonna right. get right and so that's why like just the the, the shine and the light on pro sports man it, it really is um you know it, it's not like i would say that what i got from sport is priceless right the the, the lessons te- man and, the lessons yeah. the right. discipline the work right. ethic the teamwork the leadership the you know the sacrifices like all you know all the like the the i would say the long-term gratification like you name it i could keep going on about all these things that I actually learned more about later on in life, I was like, man, all, you know, like that first coach that I said, you know, Tomas Jontas, and like so many times, like, man, that guy, fuck that guy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> man, I, you know, I, the, the last time I saw him, dude, I was like, bro, like without, you know, I was like, thank you for everything. You know, like it's, because you, because you look back and it's like, I mean, we, we were trained like, dude, it was like, I mean, at one point in time, like I was, for years, I was training like I was going to the Olympics, man. You know, <laughs> it was just like on some other level of, that's why when I was 17, I got I got OTS, like legit OTS, overtraining syndrome, right? Um, Which yeah. is really really hard to do. It's really hard to do, yeah. <laughs> but I was but I was I was legit, I was legit training like seven hours a day. I mean, it, you know, and and I wasn't the best at sleeping either, um, and I just crashed, you know. Yeah. So OTS is like, it, I mean, and there's different names for it. You can say I, let's just say burnt out. I mean, I just got burnt out to a degree where my whole immune system shut down. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't. You you basically fall into depression, like that's what you. you and you were like going. bedridden though, right? Because like overtraining is thrown around a lot. Like people, yeah, it's, it's it definitely thrown out. I'm I'm talking about like legitimately lost motivation for life. Like you you don't even want to train. I mean, I would I would I remember the first, when it happened. Like for a week, I was out because I thought I was sick, right? And I came back, and we warmed up jogging around the court, and I nearly passed out. And the coach was like, "Dude, what the fuck? You know what's going on with you?" Like, man you got to cut it then i went to, you know i went to 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 do all these tests and doctors and all this stuff and i mean it took me three and a half months to slowly start coming back to normal you it's know i mean it's serious i remember our strength and conditioning coach back then i was like man how long is this going to take right if you break a leg it's like hey you're out for eight weeks you're out for you know you, you know some timeline and he was like man i don't know i'm like what do you mean you don't know right like <laughs> give me fucking something right he's like dude i don't know he's like you know I, i've trained triathletes like they're out for a year like they're so they dig a hole so deep they're like they're out for a year you know crazy. and so i was just like stressing out i mean i was doing anything man i remember going to like to the guys i was getting russian sap it was like this it wasn't back then it wasn't over <laughs> over the table it wasn't legal but it was like sap Cocaine from these russian trees and all this shit and i would it literally tasted like burnt rubber and doo-doo and i would put it in tea and have to drink it it was the Ooh. most disgusting but i was like i was willing to do anything dude i was like i mean i was like i told i was doing like ivs with amino acids every day like when i was in a you know we'd go into the locker room and i'm just plugged up and like they squeezing that shit i mean it was it was it was whatever man like um and but you know i i learned a ton then 
with the whole like I I learned very early because it happened to me again like you know in, in college too like mono and then kind of OTS hit me same thing I was out for like for like months you know and but I learned very early on like man if you don't take care of yourself like recovery wise right you know you can't you you know perf- it's like stimulus recovery stimulus recovery yeah. like too much stimulus not a recovery you're fucked like you're just throwing shit away right um so that you know that that was a a a big factor and and then my brother was like all right so we got like these uh so i'm obviously jump jumping back into the story of how the gym in slovenia opened first uh i think we got like two or three thousand dollars worth of kettlebells uh we had some barbells it's like a i think a 470 square foot room and we started training those groups there and and it kind of like man i mean we weren't packed all day at all but like those those times those those busier times the room became small really, really fast. You know, we kind of started going like, man, like this, we got something here. And, um, and then I left, you know, I left to go to the States. And I mean, it was just one of those things where like, you know, long, I, I was in a long distance relationship for, I mean, two plus three years. I don't know. Like it was, it was a crazy. long, long, long yeah. time. Right. Like, and, and, and that's just, man, you can't, you know, you just can't do it for that long. Uh, so we, you know, made that decision and, and that was really, really difficult for me because, I put my heart into that. Like I really was like, man, this is this is it. You know, this is this is what I want to do. And I started. I could start seeing it, uh, you know, kind of get that snowball effect rolling. And then it's like, all right, I gotta go. You know, and so that was really difficult. And when I came back, when I came to the states, I mean, I'm at ground zero. Like nobody knows me here. You know, like it, 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 like I, I was literally living out of my uh, my then wife's right. Like. Uh, basically out of mother-in-law's like we were in a bedroom so i had all my stuff in a bedroom that was like 30 square feet probably i mean for i mean it was just like many many room right and i lived out of there for i don't know for like four or five six months and started working at la fitness because that it was kind of like okay well well i need something asap so i started working there you know so it's like <laughs> start from the bottom again um and i was there for a while and, you know but i always took the the way i looked at it is like this you know really uh, and I think that I would say the the pro sports and and the discipline really kind of gave me that mindset of like, look, I, I don't want to bitch. Like, I'm just gonna become like I'm gonna show that I'm the best. You know what I mean? Like, find a way. Just uh, you know, I'm gonna do what I do, and like I'm gonna work harder. I put myself down for like, I mean, I was working like hundred plus hour weeks, and you know, I was training people out of out of the my apartment gym, and I mean, it was it was like one of those, you know. The shit that you hear, like the 16-hour days, the 18-hour yeah. days, like all that stuff, uh, you know, and not making shit at the beginning. We just had like some money saved up from the wedding to to pay for rent for moving forward. Um, but you know, I, I think I spent like probably I don't know, I think about a, a year plus at LA Fitness. But lessons learned from everything, man. Like you know, I I'd had managerial positions, like I was training a ton of people. Uh, I mean, they're still here at people at this gym that I started training there. Uh, you guys all know Matt. You guys all yeah. know Matt Fields. So yeah. actually, yeah. Dennis Williams is here right now. You know, De- yeah. Dennis, I was training him. Oh, you trained him at LA Fitness. Dude, he, Dennis Williams was training. Like, there's a story like where Dennis was, because uh, he knew, you know, he was friends with my with my wife's family, right? Oh, okay. And and essentially, <laughs> you know, I was doing shit with, like, you know, doing Turkish getups, mobility say, drills, like, and like everybody would be like, "What the fuck is this weird Eastern European shit?" Right? And it's like, um. And so he'd jump into workouts, only realizing that once we were done with warm-ups, that was actually the warm-up, <laughs> uh, you know, proceeding to go like, okay, I'm done. Uh, um, and, uh, but yeah, like, so, you know, there's been guys that, that, that have been around, like, essentially, you know, Vigor, or, like, my training in Vigor, like, for, man, over, you know, a decade now, right? So, 
and uh and there's a lot of other people here that, that have been here for like almost a decade yeah. and stuff so that's that's pretty cool um one shit the lady you were living with was just here at the community dinner last night yeah right yeah Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's mom. You know that's yeah. you know that's yeah. mom. I yeah, mean that's, yeah. that's that's mom. Uh, but it's still still mom. <laughs> yeah, and she's still training. <laughs> yeah, too. still training. Yeah, so yeah, I mean it's 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 that's been pretty awesome to see. You know, like kind of the progression of all this stuff. And from you know from from there it was you know went from LA Fitness to Vision Quest. Um, you know, Vision Quest was a soul gym when I got there. They had you know three thousand dollars in personal training revenue per month. Now this is a forty four thousand square foot gym and had like I don't know how many thousands of members. But you know, Chip Chip back then, who uh who owned it was Chip and Brad, uh kinda gave me a chance. And and I was like, Look, man, this is what I'm gonna do, you know. But I was always honest from the get go. I was like, I wanna have my own spot. Like no nobody ever everybody there came and did the whole what do you want? You know, like the interview. What do you wanna do? And it's like, I wanna grow with the company. Right, and, right. And and I was like, um, I wanna have my own gym and he was just like, What? I was like, Look, man, I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but then I said, look, man, I'm going to do everything I say I do and then some. And um, so I stayed there. I started, like, I don't even think back then, like, there was any boot camps. Like, we started a boot camp within a membership gym with thousands of members. And, you know, everybody said, dude, that won't work. You can't put that on EFT. You can't. I was like, I'll do it. You know, and it worked. And it's like they they bought out, like, hella gyms in a recession. Like, uh, you know, in that whole, like, that whole period after 2000, um, you know, eight like they end up, I think, getting like thirteen gyms and then selling them to LA Fitness for like I think thirty nine million or something. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Uh, not obviously, obviously not dumb, you know. Yeah. And, I feel uh, like they're more of a real estate company than a uh, <laughs> LA Fitness. Well, the thing is, what they did, like Vision Quest back then, disrupted the market, and, yeah. and it, they were basically a pain in the ass for yeah. LA Fitness, and so they bought them out. But you know, I, I learned a ton, man. Like Chip, Chip is still like, man, I love that dude to death. Um, He's actually gone and, and opened a whole series of gyms in Spokane, and I think they're trying to expand to Portland. Move Fitness, MUV, uh, killing it. Like, man, and, but it's like, man, learned a ton, a ton right? Um, and did things the right way as far as, like, you know, I think that, like, as, as, as I'm telling this story, I, I think it's really important to kind of stop at points. And, um, like, there's certain lessons, you know what I mean? And, right. like, I'd, I'd like for people to, to really take from that. Because I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I was like insanely busy there once, you know, when I was there for a while, like I was, you know, definitely the most packed trainers running the, the boot camps, doing seminars. I mean, like all of that stuff. And I went to him, you know, and I said, look, man, Chip, I, I, there's this place. And the, dude, this was like literally when the recession hit, right? Once again, that feeling of the feeling in my gut where I just couldn't, I was having anxiety because I was like, man, like I'm just feeling like I got to do this. And I saw this garage in Renton and it was like a, I don't know, like thousand, twelve hundred bucks a month or something like that. And I and I was just like, man, I don't want it to this opportunity to pass by. Well, as you guys know, Luca can go on and on and he is full of knowledge. So what we're gonna do is chop this in two, and you'll have to stay tuned for part two. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag mind versus muscle.